Well, stand with me if you would as we read, not from Romans 14, but from Romans 15, right? We've been in Romans 14 for a little while. Now we're in Romans chapter number 15. Romans 15, verse number 1, we'll read through the third verse. Romans 15, beginning in verse 1. We then that are strong, are you strong? We then that are strong ought to bear, you got to be strong to bear, don't you? I mean, this morning we were, Lydia and I were out there, we, I don't know if we've told you all about these things, but um, there, there, there were a hundred that a few of them haven't made it, but they're, they're meat chickens is what they are. And they have them in what they call a chicken tractor. And all it is is just a big square cage that you pull along the ground and you give them a next section of grass, you know, every day. And um, this, in one way, is our next section, you know. But then again, in another way, we hadn't really left what we were talking about, have we? I mean, doesn't this, and we remarked upon it last week, doesn't this sound a whole lot like what we were reading last week? You know, but what I was saying was, and I was talking about these chicken tractors for this reason, but we that are strong ought to bear. So if you're strong, you've got to bear with the infirmities of the weak. Now, Lydia did something this morning that I have done. I just did it worse. And we have the little feeders that sit in there to feed the chickens with, and you need to get those out before you move the chicken tractor. Otherwise, the chicken tractor will run over them. And they only made it to the back this morning, but I went back there, and thankfully Andrew had put a big handle on the back, and thankfully I'm strong enough that I could pick the back of that thing up, and Lydia could reach under there and grab them out. But just putting in our minds... Strong, bearing with the infirmities of the weak. I told her, I said, I wouldn't have been able to lift this up and reach under there. You know, I can lift it up off the ground, but I wouldn't have been able to reach in there. She was able to reach in there. But we that are strong, and let me just remark, Brother Jerry may be strong in an area that I'm weak in, but I may be as strong in an area that he's weak in. Yeah. I remember, and I've used this in, in marriage ceremonies. I think it might have been said at ours. I'm pretty sure it was. I may be remembering wrong, but this was said. You're going to be weak, and then they'd point at me and say, "Where well, he's strong, and he's going to be strong where you're weak, and you're going to complement you know, one another. And we are a body, aren't we? And there's an eye, and there's an ear, and there's different parts, and, and there's weaker parts than, than stronger parts, you know. So um, we then that are strong, so we don't have to put the strong just in one. Well, that person's strong. Well, they may be weak somewhere, you know. Oh, that person's weak. Well, they may be strong somewhere. So this speaking to everybody, strong and weak, you know, both. So where we are strong, we could say, bear with the weak. Where you're weak... Look for edification and encouragement from the strong. Because that's what ought to be happening. 
For we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Not to please ourselves. Give me, give me something else from Scripture. What, what, what are you going to say about that? Not to please ourselves. Hmm? My children, give me something that... Where is Rebecca? Give me something to go along with that. I'll give you the first word. You ready? Do. Andrew? I'm such a Shelby. done got you off the hook. What? Go ahead. Do unto others as do unto you. Not as they do unto you. That was a fight that we had in the household because that's what wanted to happen. Do unto others as they do unto you. But they started it. No, that's not what the verse says. Do unto others as they do unto you. Verse 2, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Hadn't he already said these things to us? Yes. But hadn't he already said these things to us? Hadn't we already heard these words? Did he, did he just forget that he said it and stick it back in there? No. Yeah, we need the repetition, sure. It's good. I repeat myself a lot. You know, I do it on purpose, you know, not because I've forgotten, but because I want us to remember. I need to remember. I need to have it repeated. When Re- Rebecca went into college, she took a test on how she learns. Do you learn by hearing best? Do you learn by seeing you know, best? Do you learn by repeating it over and over? Do you learn by, by drawing pictures you know, of the lesson, whatever the lesson might be? We all learn differently, yeah. What did you say, Mom? Yes. yes, okay, same thing. Same thing. But repetition's good. But beyond that, did not... The Spirit of the living God move upon the heart of the Apostle Paul to pen the very words that were written here unto the church at Rome. And weren't those same words intended to be here for us today, for us to read? Yeah, they were. Verse 3 says, and, and, and this is, I, you know, when you, when you think about him bringing these things back out, I think here's where he kind of drops the hammer, you know, in a way. For even Christ pleased not himself. Here's the example. Even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Fell on me. All right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Jerry, would you pray for us? That as they hear these words, proclaim your words, Father. We pray that we might remember them and that they might bless our soul. Yes. Heavenly Father, we pray for the pastor as he stands here today, Father. And we just pray that he will hear you speak to his heart and that he will proclaim your word exactly and purely as it should be. And dear Heavenly Father, may every single ear here. Hear that word. Yes. And that 
each one of us might be glorified. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive us of our many sins. Forgive us of our shortcomings. Father, we know that we're weak. Mm. We need to be stronger. Yes. Stronger because of your word. Yes. Stronger because we listen to your word. Mm. We're stronger because we read your word. Mm-hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, just go with us this day that indeed we might be pleased and that you might be pleased. Yes. And we pray this in your precious name's sake. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When we are weak, he is strong, right? Um, well, you know, there's a component of that even amongst us as brethren. Um, this whole thing, you know, Brother JT brought before us last week about, again, you know, about us dwelling together, you know, in unity. Um, so we finished chapter 14, but we haven't finished chapter 14 is what we're looking at this morning. We finished chapter 14, but we haven't finished the subject of chapter 14. There is a chapter division here, but what we have been discussing continues, you know, into this chapter. And I, I hope, and that's the reason I preface some of the things the way that I did, you know, I hope that we haven't grown weary of the subject. I hope we haven't grown weary. If, if you have, then I will take the blame, you know. But as far as God's word is concerned, it's here once again before us. Um, you know, I, I hope that the length of time that we've gone through these things, that we have an appreciation, a greater appreciation for what's been written there to us and that um, we've become more firmly rooted and grounded you know, in the things that we've been looking at in in chapter 14 because we desperately need the reality of them in our lives. We really do. Um, So the same sort of consideration we've given to the entire book needs to be given to the rest of the book that we have left. Even though we look at some of these things, we well, you know, there's just a bunch of names, you know. There are some treasures to be gleaned, to be mined, you know, out of these remaining. Again, if it were not that we should have them, they wouldn't be here. All Scripture, this is part of Scripture, given, you know, it's given by the inspiration of God. You know, it's profitable for us, you know. We, we need the instruction. We need to know, you know, Brother J.T. said to us this morning. So, um, you know, we could say in one, on one hand that the bulk of it's all been covered, but we, we, need to, we need to continue on. We need to press on through the end of the book and continue praying with me. What? About what? Hmm? About where we're going next. Yes. About where we're going. I don't want to pick that. I don't want to make that decision. You know, when I first started preaching, it was mostly topical messages. But then the Lord started calling me into books and going verse by verse by verse through different books of the Bible. And I wish we had them all recorded, but there was some of that that didn't, didn't make it. Some of it's on, you know, cassette tape, and we don't really have it, you know. Um, I know Brother Donnie's, you know, and, and he's busy. We're all busy, you know, I know. But if somebody wants to take that upon themselves, take those, kind of looking at Brother Jerry, wants to take themselves upon that, that, that task of, of taking those cassette tapes and converting them over into, you know, uh, MP3 format to put them on sermon audio. Um, 
you can. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you that job, you know. But, but um, yeah, maybe the Lord doesn't want them on there. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I've, I intended many times to get here an hour before everybody else, and I would get one done every Sunday. But never came to pass. Um, but um, there may be some, some uh, reason for that the Lord may have. But uh, we'll, if that's what the Lord wants us to do, then, then uh, may he lay it upon somebody's heart to do it. I'm not trying to put it there. Okay, if the Lord lays out on somebody's heart to do, that's that's fine. There's other preachers' messages back there, you know. Um, Brother George Pounds preached here for a number of years, and there's some of his messages back there. So, uh, my uncle Jack Rich, who preached here for a time, and some of his messages are back there, but uh, all on cassette tape, you know. And not many of us—I don't know—can you get a car anymore with a cassette tape player? Is that is that an option? I don't even know that's an option anymore, you know. So the CD player, yeah, and you just plug in, you know, or play it off your phone, you know, kind of thing, yeah. So um, anyway, so there's a word that appears in these verses um, which helps, I think, rivet our thoughts this morning. And it is, can somebody tell me in those three verses a word that appears more than once? Starts with a P. Please. Please. So, it's the word please, as in not pleasing ourselves. Not pleasing ourselves, but serving others. We, we've already seen, already, already commented upon the fact that the strong ought to bear with the weak. Couple that with pleasing others and not pleasing ourselves. What does that look like? Is it just well, you know, I got to put up with them. You know, they're that's just the way they are, Sister Shelby. I just got to put up with them. I don't know why I use you so much, but you sit there. I guess you're sitting there, Sister Shelby, and you're looking at me so intently that that you just become a target. But <laughs> so you're gonna sit beside Teresa? You're gonna start using her? Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, are we just going to put up with them and they're not eating meat? Are we to leave them to themselves or is there something for us to do? 1 Corinthians 9.22 I'll get you to turn there. Because we've already talked about some people learn by ear, some people learn by eye. And I know Sister Delina helps her to write stuff down because she writes stuff down. 1 Corinthians 9.22. Somebody want to read that? Does that help you? where we are in Romans 14 to shed a little light, a little more light on 1 Corinthians 9.22? I mean, look at what it says there. To the weak, Paul says, I became as weak. What's he talking about? Well, throw the whole meat conversation in there. You know, if meat offends my brother, I'll not eat it. You know, to the weak, I became as weak. That I might gain the weak. Are we talking about only salvation here? No, because we've been talking about edification. We've been talking about building one another up, right? 
You know, so we're talking about gaining the weak. You know, I've, I've, Brother Donnie asked the question, you know, last week in regards to fear and about that being sin, about, you know, talking to somebody about that. And we, we talked about the fact that, you know, we need, if we've got some groundwork laid, you know, there, there, are, there are other pastors that I know that, that they have invested themselves in my life you know, the little bit that I've been around them, you know, they've made it a point, you know, to kind of take me, when I was a much younger man, so we're talking about a long road here, take me kind of under their wing, in a sense, and speak to me, and, and, and communicate with me, even when I know, I, I know they were busy. You know, I know their lives were busy. I mean, the, the question on my mind was first and, you know, foremost and in the forefront, and it was something that I was wrestling with, something they, you know, weren't necessarily wrestling with, you know, but I would go to them and they would graciously, kindly, you know, would, uh, would speak to me about some of those things that I was struggling with, you know. And so, you know, they, they built a relationship. They, they built some inroads into my life to where when it came to something that maybe they saw in me, I'm not saying this is necessarily the case, I did present something like this one time to Brother Conrad, and I know y'all, y'all hear me use his name a lot, and you didn't know him. Uh, some of you didn't. But it's because he built those inroads in my life is the reason why I use his name a lot. But one time I presented something to him, and, and I just read this recently, and I read it to Teresa, but, but um, I said something to him. I said, Brother, you know, don't be disappointed with me feeling this way about this thing. And he said, Brother... I have not been, am not now, nor do I ever expect to be disappointed in you. Now, if you can go to somebody like that, that that's the way they're going to respond to you, you know, then, I mean, there's a love, you know, there's an assurance, you know, there's a trust, you know, there's, there's, there's that that is built. I'm not saying that they couldn't say something to me that, that they believe that I'm like, I just don't see that squaring up with Scripture, and I still don't have a problem with it, you know, but... At the same time, going to them about it, you know, there's a lot of weight behind what they're about to say to me because of the time they've invested, you know, in me. Um, And let me just go on to saying that there are those who haven't necessarily one-on-one invested that kind of time, but year after year, they faithfully preached the word, and I listened and I heard, and I learned, and they taught me, the Lord taught me through them some things, to where now we're, I don't go to conferences where they are, but because of that, even though we didn't have those conversations where we were sitting down on the church pew there talking with one another, they know me, I know them, been in the same places. Not, not a real you know, intimate relationship, but enough there for me that I've heard enough from them that I'm like, okay, I'm going to call Brother Charles Leiter, and I'm going to ask him some things. Um, I mean, there's other connections there. My Uncle Jack and my Aunt Martha Rich knew the Leiters very well, um, you know, and so, you know, there's, there was a little bit of a, of a, a tie, you know, there, but, but um, Brother Leiter and I didn't talk as much as Brother Conrad and I, you know, but I can go to him right now. 
and and I trust the brother. I've listened to him preach for years. I, he's he's taught me many things, and the, I didn't know he was going to be speaking at the conference, and there he was, you know. And I'm like, that's good stuff, um, you know. And so I could I could pick up the phone right now and call him, and he'd tell me if he if he wasn't able to speak with me. It's not a good time, brother. I'm, he wouldn't answer it preaching, you know. Of course, like right this very second, you know. But but if I called him this afternoon and he was in the middle of something, he'd probably answer the phone and say, brother, can I call you back, you know? But you understand what I'm saying. And this is part of what we're talking about here. Um, investing in one another. I mean, how much did we see last week about edifying one another and building one another up in love? You know, we, we looked at some of those things. And if we, if we have that sort of relationship with one another, you know, we all have different personalities, I know. But if we have that kind of relationship with one another, then, then, then we can communicate over these things. Um, and we can help one another, you know, and, and, and we, can, we can do the very thing that's being said here, bear with one another. You know, how am I going to bear with someone except that I love them, you know? I mean, why, otherwise I'm just going to write them off, you know, whatever. You know, they come along and say something and just, you know, like water off a duck's back. I go on, I don't think anything more about it at all. But if I love them, then it's going to weigh on me. There's been times that Sister Shelby has asked me questions, you know, and, and I have spent days later, you know, thinking about, and I would send something out, having a Sister Shelby. And she was like, there it is. You know, it's been defined, you know. So just thinking about it more, you know, why send something further than the initial conversation that we had? Well, because I thought about some more things that I wished I'd said. And I'm like, I want to communicate those things to Sister Shelby to where, you know, she has a little bit more of what I would have said had I thought about it at the time. So, to the weak I became as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And again, we're not talking about just salvation in the sense of a person's initial coming to Christ. Are we not still coming to Christ? We are, aren't we? Are we not still being saved? You know, sure. You know, I, I have been, I am being, I shall be, what? Saved. You know, we've, we've spoken of it in those terms before. But Paul came alongside the consciences of the weak to help them. The Apostle Paul. You think the things that he would say to someone who was having some difficulty with something might have bore some weight? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, they might have taken some courage in what he was presenting. I mentioned Brother Charles Leiter. I know y'all don't, I've been, I've, I've been wanting to have him come and preach in a meeting for years and years. I just ask him again, you know, next time you tour Texas, you know, could you, could you make a spot? Let us know when. Make a spot and come through. Well, when he was a younger preacher, he would talk to Brother Conrad. Now, I think I mentioned this to y'all before. Brother Conrad would tell him, well, this, this is what that is. This is what the Scripture says about that. And Brother Leiter was like the Bereans. Well, he was, he'd say, well, I hope that's so. You know, he would go, we want to go back and examine that for himself, you know. Uh, I hope those things are so. So how about 1 Corinthians twelve twenty two? If you're in 1 Corinthians 9, not far over, just a few chapters over, 1 Corinthians twelve twenty two. I've already mentioned this. Concerning the body, 
1 Corinthians 12, 22. How important is this bearing, you know, one another? How important is this pleasing, you know, one another, not ourselves? How important is this edifying one another? How important is this building one another up? 1 Corinthians 12, 22. Thinking about it from the strong, bearing with the weak, helping the weak, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Right? The more feeble... Well, they're weak. They don't really add anything, do they? You know, I mean, they're not the ones that do this or do that or say this or say that. You know, they're, they're weaker. You know, they're, they're kind of in the back of the pack, you know. Absolutely not. They are important. Every part of the body is important. Um, you know, functioning together as a body. Um, you know, what if you didn't have a part of your body? Uh, I don't know how many people here are missing a part of their body. I, I know I'm missing a part of my body. You can't see it. But I no longer have a gallbladder. Guess what? I wish I still did. I wish I still had it. You know, the doctor, uh, you can get along without it. You know? Well, since he took it out, I get along. But I don't get along like I did before. You know? Um, I can't eat some of the things that I used to eat. And I don't necessarily like that, but that's just the way that it is, you know. Uh, but there are others here I know that you can't see an appendage, you know, that's missing. You can't see. Uh, I, I said something about uh, George Pounds the other day, and I think, uh, I don't know how it came about, but I was saying something to Andrew about it, and he said, he says, is that the guy that was missing part of his finger? And I said, yeah, that was him. Because he was just a little guy, you know. Of course, you remember what he would say about that to the kids. You know, he said he stuck his finger up his nose and the booger ate it off, you know. <laughs> so, and the kids would all like big wide-eyed like, oh, you're, that could happen? You know, <laughs> it's kind of like knocking into next week. You can really do that, you know. <laughs> but those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together. He's put it together. He's tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Every part needful. Every part helpful. Every part that's weak needs to be helped by the part that's strong, you know. Um, but God's tempered the body together in every part with that which is needful. You cannot dismiss your brother or sister. And if we put it in context where we are, you cannot dismiss your brother or sister because they think differently than you do about some secondary issue, you know. And, and, and you, you hear me say that. But you do know, you've been exposed, haven't you? You heard, haven't you, about people, that churches that have split over the color of the carpet, right? It's happened. It needs to be blue. No, it's got to be red. You know, the red, that would be the color of, of, of Christ's blood and the atonement. And, and yeah, it's got to, or whatever color, right? It could be purple or, you know, royalty. You know, that's, that's uh, you know, they, they put that robe upon the Lord when he was crucified. And, you know, uh, you know whatever the case may be, um, you know, I was just thinking about 
the, the fact that one day, you know, we probably need to, you know, we got some water stains over here and stuff, and we've had some sheetrock patches done, and I guess we may have had some of that paint. I don't know, because I was looking at that. I guess I can't really see it anymore, but, you know, is that going to be a problem? We go to paint the inside of the sanctuary, you know? Are we one day, I mean, believe me, that carpet back there in the fellowship hall, that's been there since I was a kid crawling around on all fours. You know, I'm sure. I don't know, Aunt Nita, how long you think it's been? Yeah. And it's that old carpet got that foam back on it, you know, I think. I don't know. I, I believe it is, isn't it, Dad? It's up back there. I don't know. Maybe it should be glued down. But anyway, it's got to be replaced one day. Well, I think it's just leave it concrete. We'll just paint the concrete. Yeah. Well, no, I think we need to have carpet. What about, there's, there's different considerations, you know, for us, older, you know. But what about somebody had a little baby? Well, they don't necessarily, you know, that concrete's kind of cold, you know. They might would rather have, well, they can just get a blanket. Well, that's not very loving, is it? You know, let's be careful. We can be pretty sharp with our words, can't we? Um, we can't dismiss our brother or sister any sooner than you can dismiss a part of your body. Cohen, when I was a junior or senior in high school, I know I've mentioned this before, but the history teacher asked us, how much will you let me give you to cut your pinky finger off? I don't know if they could do that today. The teacher would probably get in big trouble for that. He threatened to cut my child's finger off. No, he was trying to make a point. You know, how much? You know, and there were some of the kids that actually gave a dollar figure. I'm like, mm mm. No, I I think I want to keep that. You know, I think it's necessary. You know, when I was a kid going, I don't know how old, but, um, oh, what was that doctor's name over there in Bayshore? Boone. Mom took me in, had a sore throat, and I heard Dr. Boone from the hallway saying, if he has one more, we're going to take him out. No more sore throats. No. Those are in there. I'm planning on keeping them, you know. Um, I mean, I don't have the gallbladder, right? There's consequences to that. I cut off a brother or sister over something, you know, that's secondary. You know, that's, there's consequences to that. I mean, certainly they are not going to be edified, I am not going to be edified. The Lord's not going to be pleased. And, and I'm, I may have cut part off that was a real blessing to me in other areas, you know. So I think about Galatians 6.1 in this regard. Turn over there with me, Galatians 6.1. Trying to keep you awake if you're sleepy. I can't tell whether Cheryl's sleepy or not. Yeah, she got her eyes open. She's wearing sunglasses. Galatians 6.1. Brethren, we know who's being spoken to, right? If any man be overtaken in a fault, he was weak, wasn't he? If he was overtaken? I think so. I think we could say he was weak. Ye which are spiritual, in other words, you haven't been overtaken by that fault, restore such a one in the spirit of weakness. Not weakness, sorry, meekness. I'm waiting for you to call me out, Cohen. It's not what it said. It didn't say weakness. It says meekness. Not that Cohen calls me out. 
You know, he'd just be trying to help. You know, meekness. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Why? You better consider yourself. You better take heed, though you think you stand, lest you what? Fall. Lest you fall. So, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That's what you were about to say, Brother Jerry. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so do what? Fulfill the law of Christ. So the law that's been given unto us can be summed up in one word, which is love. Love's the big thing, isn't it? Love. I mean, if I love my neighbor, I'm not going to do him ill. You know, that's not going to happen if I love him. So bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. This word "bear." What's it talking about? It means to lift. It means to. It could mean in a context endure, and not just enduring from the standpoint that I was. You know, saying earlier, well, we just got to put up with them. No. It means endure like, um, what can we use? We can use John Newton. Because I've told you the story before about John Newton and, and, and William Cooper. Spelt C-O-W-P-E-R. But it's pronounced Cooper in English, right? We would say Cowper. And you remember how depressed Cooper was. You remember how that he tried to commit suicide multiple times. And how that John Newton was his pastor. And that John Newton took a pastorate further away, not because of Cowper or Cooper, however you want to pronounce it. But even when he took that further pastorate away, you know what he did? He maintained communication. He didn't say, that guy was a drain. You know, every day, it was just like having to lift him up. You know, I was, I, just, it's, I, I can't keep doing this. Well, it, let me just say, it's impossible for any of us to do it short or long. How are you going to do that? It's the love of God in you. You know, it's the strength that God gives unto you. It's abiding in Christ. You're not going to be able to do it in and of yourself. You can't do that. Any more than you can love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You know, how, what's, the, what's that going to take? It's going to take the power of God in operation within you because you're born again, because you have a new heart, because you have the mind of Christ. That's what it's going to take. But it means to endure, sustain, receive, to, to carry. Um, you know, it's, it's the idea in verse number three, right? It's what the Lord did, didn't he? The reproaches, our reproaches, fell upon him. He bore our burden, didn't he? So... You know, this, this chapter that, that Brother J.T. likes, Romans chapter 5, you know, Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He, he bore, you know, our reproach. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. You think about some of these world wars and some of these generals and some of these men that were under those, those leaders and that they would, they would have marched into places that we would not have even... I mean, you think about D-Day. I mean, those men were just cut down, you know. Uh, for some men, 
For a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. It's not something admirable in us, not something that God saw that, 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 that made him choose you know, us because of some good or something great that we were going to be or any good in us at all. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know? I mean, put, put it in that context, how we are to bear with one another, how we are to, to edify one another, uplift you know, one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, Now we exhort you, brethren... Warn them that are unruly. Then listen, comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. Be patient toward all men. Warn them that are unruly. That's, can that not be bearing with someone too? I mean, here's an unruly person. I mean, they, they are a thorn, so to speak. Yeah. Well, you know, we, it's going to take some bearing with, isn't it? To, to and, and, and looking for and praying towards having an opportunity to be able to discuss with the unruly person their unruliness. Yeah, and hoping that they'll receive, you know, what we have to say, you know, unto them. Comfort the feeble-minded. And, you know, there's, there's William, you know, Cowper again. And the feeble-minded, and then having to support, having to lift up every single day, you know, having to encourage, having to having to to build up that person over and over and over and over again, instead of saying, "Why don't you just get it? Why can't you be where I am?" Well, hold on, that goes back to where we were before. Take heed, lest you fall. Consider thyself. Lest, lest thou be tempted, lest you find yourself in the same place. What makes you to differ from them? The grace of God. The grace of God in Christ. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. Well, they're weak. They need support. I'm sorry, Sister Delina. One of the chickens got run over this morning. And its little leg, it's having trouble. You know, Lydia and I gathered it up. And we've isolated it, and we've put it into a cage and gave it its own little water and its own, you know, little feed. And we're hoping, you know, that it'll make it. So we can eat it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that part, Donnie. That doesn't fit in the illustration. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a chicken in there. It's not one from our farm yet, though. That, that's forthcoming. That's forthcoming. But... You know, talk about supporting the weak. Well, you know, I, let me tell you something. If you, if you want to see hungry, they get food for 12 hours and then food for 12 hours is taken away. Okay? When those trays get put in there, it's on. I mean, it's, it's, it's like these wrestling shows, you know, where they're tossing people out of the ring and beating each other with chairs and you know i mean they they are they're flying on top of each other hoping the weight of themselves will push them down between the next two and they'll get shoved over you know where they can get in there and eat so um how about people that push people around like that somebody else to bear with isn't it um you know well what are we hoping for we're hoping that the lord would 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 deal with that thing in them you know, they feel like they've got to push people out of the way all the time. 
You know, they've got to be, they've got to be in the forefront. You know, they, they, they it's got to be their way, you know, and those types of things. Um, how much, how much easier, how much, how much more pleasant is it to, to have someone that, that is, that is meek, that is humble, that, that is, that is willing to, to forego, you know, their, their liberty in order to, you know, help someone else. Um, so, I mean, think of children. Think of our kids. I mean, they've been unruly. <laughs> They've been kind of bossy at times. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for my niece to learn the word no. It's coming. It's coming. You know, and it's going to be a new world for mom and dad. You know, because it's she's going to decide all of a sudden it's my way. I'm hungry now, and no, I don't want that. I want that over there. You know, then that cookie jar right up there. You know, that's what I want. Uh, no, no, that's born bread within us isn't it um but bear with what about when our kids were sick you know bearing with them um how about when when we get older we hope people are going to bear with us right help us you know we think about brother jt talking about when when he and sister betty had covid and some of them neighbors and coming along and filling up the he, he said, if I had been well, I wouldn't have got out there at 2 o'clock in the morning and filled that generator up with gas, you know, but here they were, doing it in the middle of the night um, so that they could stay comfortable, you know. Um, you know, they weren't feeling good. Any, any comfort was probably welcome. Um, but, you know, we're thinking about this sort of thing when we think about bearing with one another, helping one another. You know, you remember what it was like, some of us anyway, to play sports, Right? I know Sister Delina was a cheerleader. I don't know if you did play. Did you play any sports too? Did track? Okay. I'm thinking more along the lines of basketball, volleyball, um, you know, those sorts of things where you're you're all there on the court, and these two people are picking who they're going to have on their team, right? Who they want to be on their team? Who's going to get picked last? The week. The week. The world doesn't think this way. The world doesn't bear with the weak. The world wants to exclude the weak. Um, you, you look in nature, you know, and, and you, see, you see all these wildebeests or whatever, you know, and this lion's coming along and it's going to pick off the weak and the sickly, you know. Um, that's not what we're called into. We're called to build up, bear up, you know, uh, nurture, carry, you know, the, the weak. Um, Listen to Ephesians 4.29. You know this verse of Scripture. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, edifying. Who, who needs to be edified? The weak, right? That it may minister grace unto the hearers. There's a sense in which we're all weak, right? We're here to be edified. We need to be built up. We need the Word of God. You know, that's why we're here. But... Um, there is such a thing as a strong believer in areas. He's going to be stronger maybe than we are. And the stronger being called to bear with the weak. And even last week, we even saw the word pursue. So to pursue the weak, to pursue their edification, to pursue their being built up, uh, to pursue you know, love, um, being ready to, to reach out, being, being ready to take in, being ready to give, 
being ready with fresh thoughts of encouragement. And if we're going to do that, what are we going to have to do? We're going to be feeding ourselves with the Word. Ready with fresh thoughts of encouragement from the Word. Bearing with those who have no strength. Carrying them. Carrying them. I mean, the Lord carries us. We're to have that same mind in us, aren't we, that was in the Lord? Has, does, has he not said unto us in Isaiah 46, 3, Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from... Come on, brother JT. Born from me. Born by me from the what? The belly. I don't think he heard what I was, what I was saying, but... Which are carried from the womb. Carried from the womb. And even to your old age. I am he, and even to your gray hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. And that is the heart that we are to have towards one another. You know, carry, help, bear with, support, edify, build up. You know, all these words, these phrases that we've been talking about. We've all got weaknesses, right? I was talking to one of the carpenters yesterday, his father and son. They ride together. And I asked the son, you know, which there was a time when the father came to my dad and said, I'd appreciate it if you have a spot you know, that's going to be open. I've got um, a younger son, and I would like to teach him. You know, I'd like for him to learn a trade. And so dad hired him. And uh, I asked him the other day. I said, Ray, I said, have you learned anything since you started? You know what a proud man would say? Hmm? Nah, I knew all this. You know, I already had it before I got here. He didn't. He said, no, I've learned a lot. I said, that's good. I said, it's good that you can admit that you can learn and that you need to learn. And I said, further than that, you ought to be thankful that you've got a dad who's willing to teach you. And that's when his dad spoke up and said, yep, my dad wouldn't teach me. I didn't have that kind of dad. So, not pleasing ourselves, but doing unto others as we would have them to do unto us. Think about the Lord and the bruised reed and the smoking flax. The bruised reed, he didn't break. And the smoking flax, he didn't quench. We need to be looking out for that. And if we can be a help, be a help. Be a help in whatever way we can. Don't be sharp. Don't judge and hold in contempt. Don't alienate. Think about Peter. He denied the Lord three times, right? And afterwards, what did the Lord do? Three times. Peter, do you love me? And before that, like Donnie said, he prayed for him that his faith fail not. You know, didn't kick him to the curb because, you know, hey, this guy's just not going to make the cut. Yeah. Uh, the Lord didn't think he was something that he wasn't. The Lord knew exactly what he was. Knew exactly what he was about to do. And yet we hear the Lord saying in an encouraging way. Peter, you know what you said to me when I told you that you were going to deny me. You said that you loved me and that you wouldn't do it. Peter, do you love me? You know, three times. Peter's heart was broken and said, Lord, you know that I love you. You know, feed my sheep. Yeah, feed my sheep. Here, there was restoration there, wasn't there? Yeah. You know, when you're restored, 
What did he tell him? Strengthen the brethren. When you're restored, strengthen the brethren. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.19, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant to all that I might gain the more. That sounds like became weak to those that were weak, right? You may think about bearing with, edifying, building up, encouraging. You know, I think about places like the Samaritan. I mean, you had two men that, that, that should have stopped, that went around, and here comes the Samaritan. Picks the man's up, man up, dresses his wounds, and not just that. I mean, he went the extra mile, didn't he? He took him to an inn, told the innkeeper, here's some money. If anything else he needs, you take care of it, I'll pay. There must have been, talk about relationships and building some inroads, you know, there. I mean, there had to be some sort of trust between that innkeeper and this man. He must have journeyed through there often. And so that man could, could say, that's not a problem. I know you, and, and you're going to take care of that. Whatever he needs, I'll take care of it. You know? And the Samaritan was completely comfortable in leaving this injured man there you know, when he got him to a certain, nursed him to a certain point. You know? um, 1 Corinthians 10, 24, Let no man seek his own. But every man, anybody? Another's wealth. What kind of wealth are we talking about? Well, here you go, Brother JT. Yeah. What about the things of Christ? And that, that may be something that we do. We may open our wallet. I don't, sorry, I don't have a wallet anymore that I can open. That would have been a better illustration, but... I've gotten where I can't sit on it anymore, so I carry it in my front pocket. And so it's one of these that doesn't open. But we may open our wallet and give, you know. But it may be giving in another way. Uh, some people are okay with giving money. They don't want to give their time. You know, they want to become invested here, you know. <laughs> and I can just give you a few dollars and send you on your way. You know, that's much easier for me and much more convenient than me actually getting my hands dirty in, in, in your life and your situation and whatever's going on you know, with you. Um, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. 1 Corinthians 10.33, Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. You know, I, I, can't, I can't keep reading that word and, and things being termed that way about being saved without thinking about, you know, chapter 14 and talking about us doing the opposite of what we're what I'm trying to encourage, you know, all of us to do, and, and you're doing the opposite of that. In chapter 14, you know, what, what was the ter- sort of terminology that was used? Destroying the work of God. That's, that's pretty, pretty severe, isn't it? I mean, strong language. Brother JT was talking about some strong language this morning. You know, that's pretty strong language, destroying the work of God. Tearing down instead of building up. Right? Yeah. I was thinking about that while I was preaching this morning, talking about, you know, offering stuff unto the Lord. We don't offer the Lord anything that he hadn't already given us. You know? So, Galatians 1.10 says, for, I do, for do I now persuade men or God? Am I doing these things for the favor of men, to make men feel better about me, or am I doing these things as unto the Lord? Um, do I seek to please men? 
He says, if I sought to please men, I, shouldn't, I wouldn't be the servant of Christ. You know, if I sought to please men. So the whole of our Lord's life, though, in, in, in Paul giving us this example in verse number three of Christ not pleasing himself, um, you know, you think about places like Matthew twenty twenty eight, and I know I'm running out of time, so I'm trying to wrap things up here, but um, well, I probably have run out of time, you know, I should more correctly say, but Matthew twenty twenty eight says, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. We are to spend ourselves and be spent towards one another for the glory of God. You know, that's, that's essentially what we're, what we're trying to convey here. But you think about the Lord and what he bore on our behalf, and you think about places like Isaiah 53, verse 3, he is despised, he's rejected of men, he's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him, he was despised and we esteemed him not, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, not for his own, but for ours. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Will we we not have the mind of Christ and seek to lift one another's burdens? I mean, the Lord did that which we could not do. We understand that. We can't do that for people in their own lives as far as their salvation is concerned. But will we not lift another's burden, carry another's burden, seeing what load the Lord carried of ours? Will we not forgive? Will we not show mercy? I was listening to a message on these these verses this week, and... and um, the brother was talking about having gone into a prison, and, and there was there was a a prisoner there that had borrowed a radio from from someone, and he dropped it and it broke, and the man just went irate. And a fellow prisoner said, "Can't you show a little mercy?" And it broke the man's heart. You know, can't you show a little mercy? Um. So, will we not forgive or show mercy, seeing? the mercy and forgiveness that's been shown unto us. Luke 6.22, Blessed are ye when all men shall hate you, when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast your name out as evil for the Son of Man's sake. 1 Timothy 4.10, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Think of Moses in these things. He esteemed what? The reproach, the suffering of God's people. Greater riches than what? All the treasures in Egypt. He chose to suffer with the people of God than to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Well, we are to bear with one another. Those who have freedom and liberty, the strong are called to bear with those who are bound in their consciences and are not able to exercise that same liberty. What's our guiding principle? Whether you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do, that you do all to the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10.31. Verse 32 goes on to say, give no offense 
either to the Jews nor to the Gentiles. Do you think there was things going on between the Jews and the Gentiles in the early church that could give offense one towards another? Absolutely. Nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they might be saved. So there's a danger here. There's a danger in division in these things, in non-essential things. I'm not talking about the essential things and the truth. I'm talking about non-essential things. So be careful. We ought to be careful in our differences and how that we treat one another, not to, to sow discord. Because you, you know in Proverbs 6 that there's six things the Lord does hate. Seven things are an abomination. And what's that seventh thing, seventh thing that's mentioned there? He that soweth discord among brethren. So be careful how you talk amongst even yourselves about these things because it can sow discord. Be careful how you talk to one another about these things. And we're talking about secondary things, not essential things, right? Be careful. It can sow discord. We don't want to tear down. We want to build up, right? That's what we're looking to do. It brings God glory when we dwell together in what? Unity. We're not talking about uniformity because uniformity would mean we're all thinking the same thing. But what is that like for the world to look at? But then again, what is it like for the world to look at and see that Sister Shelby and I don't see things eye to eye on this secondary matter, but we're still unified in Christ, right? So it brings God glory when we dwell together in unity. It brings God glory when we receive one another. I've got an acrostic for you. I'm looking at Sister Delina because she writes stuff down. All right? The word joy. Mm-hmm. Anybody heard this before? Yep. Brother Donnie's got it. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. J-O-Y. How are you going to have joy unless you walk according to what God's called you unto, what God's called us unto? So, even as Christ pleased not himself, we are to regard one another, right? Regard one another. Just in closing, I want to read Philippians 2 to you. Philippians 2. I know it's the whole chapter, right? That's okay. I can read fast. Yeah, I can read really fast. I have to slow myself down. But if there be any consolation, therefore, in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that you may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant." and was made in the likeness of men, and being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, 
not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he hath served me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it shall go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly, yet supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. So here's somebody that's a help to Paul, but he's so concerned about these others that he sends them from himself unto them. For he longed after you all. And listen to this man's heart. This this is Epaphroditus. Listen to his heart. Paul's talking about him. He longed after you all with a full and was full of heaviness because he heard that that because you heard that he had been sick, that, but they longed after him, I'm sorry. Let, let me go on to talk about him. That's where I was trying to get to. Verse 27, For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God also had mercy upon him, and not on him only, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And I sent him therefore the more carefully, that when you shall see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Well, Paul was full of sorrow. Why? They had need. And he could supply that need. Because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death. This man was, was working himself, his fingers to the bone, so to speak, you know, for the cause of Christ. Because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life. How do you like to know a lot of people like that? How much do you think they would invest in you? You know, somebody like that. Not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. All we are required to do what we see here. All we're required to do. We said that the law of Christ is summed up in one word, love. That's all we're required to do. You know, the world hates that. What do you mean love somebody? And they're concerned about themselves. They're a God unto themselves. You know, they're going to serve themselves. Uh, or they're going to use people to get what they can out of them. They only have a relationship with them because there's something they need that person has. But this is totally opposite of that, isn't it? Giving of ourselves one unto another. To love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our minds, our neighbor as ourselves, to do as we would have done unto us. How much, how much do you want to love God? With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind. Do you love Him with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind? I'm afraid I fall short every single day. 
How am I going to love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength? Well, it's an impossible command, really, apart from, apart from the operation of the Spirit of God within your heart and life. You know, it's just impossible. You can't do it. Apart from having a new heart and being born again, it's impossible apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Is there a longing to serve Him? When you sin, is there a grief over that sin? Is there an attitude that says, Lord, forgive me and keep me from ever doing that again? If I sin against another, is there a desire to go make it right? That I just, I, I, can't, I can't get right with myself or the Lord unless I get this thing right. That, I mean, there's, there have been revivals where people have been so overcome you know, by, by the Spirit of God, that they would, they, not only would they stay, you know, and here we are, it's, it's 1242. I don't even know how long I've been preaching. But they would, they would stay for hours after the meeting was over, you know. But they'd be talking afterwards and, and asking one another to forgive them because, well, Sister Shelby, I, 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 had, some, I had some hard thoughts against you because of what happened between us last week. And I just don't want that to be in my mind or my heart anymore. I, I want to get that right, and I want to ask you to forgive me. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff was just things people would have never known about, but were so under conviction that they had to get it right. You know, And what were they doing? They were just wanting to love one another. You know, that's all it was. Um, you think about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, right? Love. I mean, there it is, right? Right there in the beginning, love. So, how much do we want to love one another? Is there a desire for us to love one another? If there's not, I mean, we, we, could, we could go on and we could read from 1 John 4, couldn't we? And we get down to the end of that. What, and I had it here in my notes. First John four twenty. If a man say I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. You know. So is that within us? You know. Is there a desire to love one another? Well, we'll end there this morning, and Lord willing, we'll pick up with verse number four next Lord's Day. Well, um, let's stand. Any any thoughts or cares or concerns or. Um, I mean, with praise, I mean, we're thankful that that uh, that the whole thing with your eyes, you know, went went well, and and uh, Sister Delina, your mom, you know, um, you know, reason to give thanks, to enter into his courts with thanksgiving, you know, uh, go back and think about Mr. T. How's he doing? Mr. T. <laughs> good, good. Um, so how about how about your crew? They better? Well, everybody's semi Yeah. Good. I've had some customers that have had that and hadn't been able to get rid of it. Well, there's one lady in her office that's got that cough she just can't get rid of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that's funny. You know that's funny. Because last week I used you and I as an illustration of, you know, serving you ham whenever you couldn't eat it. So that's funny to me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So we were talking about meat, and I 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, bird flu. Yeah. 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 He said, a shipment of turkey, and he said, now mind you, it just a few months had passed. He says, those turkeys were so huge, there's no way they could have fed those turkeys in that span of period of time. He says, who knows what? They've injected them with, yeah. And those yeah. birds. Right. You know? <laughs> and he said, I wouldn't touch turkey right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I bit. Well, most of us have had enough turkey that we're not really interested in turkey right now. <laughs> Get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. He said they were just unusually big. Hmm. Well, unusual to find someone in the meat market responsible for selling the meat and tell you don't buy the turkey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay away from the turkey. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Brother Jerry, don't eat turkey for a little while. I know. I was talking to Dad about that the other day. I can remember it hadn't been too long ago. I could eat lunch for five or six dollars, and now it's you know you're not going to do that anymore. It's eight to ten, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So so even if you eat down in the tunnels at like a Burger King, is it more there than it would be outside of town? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I knew Andrew's triple meat water burger was expensive, but. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Quick, quick. Okay. Hmm. Well, makes me feel sorry for Donnie when he's down there. He just doesn't get a full menu. But I'm sure Sister Delina makes up for it when he comes home at night. Yeah. There's, yeah. He gets a scarce lunch, but he probably gets, you know, good dinner. Hmm. Yeah, I figure so. Brown bag, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Those people that those people that want your business, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Uh, <laughs> What's that expensive steak place down there? Yeah. So. Prime rib. What's the price? Oh, I don't usually. I don't yeah, I'm figuring a vendor probably took you, and you'd know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. A porterhouse probably even more, Dad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you hungry yet? We're talking about food. Yeah. Yeah, right. You're what you're paying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> well, I remember you telling me about the pizzas and how good they were. Mm-hmm. During that time after Steve had had a stroke. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that gets that brings the price down. Yeah. <laughs> Five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually have somebody with me, so I have to eat the whole foot long. So <laughs> I don't. I get the the six inch sandwich. I can't. Eat. Yeah. They have a bigger than a foot long. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That the front half costs as much as the back half? <laughs> yeah. What I hate is when I ask for a six-inch sandwich and they bring out that 12-inch loaf and they don't cut it in the middle. You know. <laughs> you know. Or they've done it and they gave the guy the bigger half and I get the little half. You know. I get, it happens to me both ways. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. He gave you the big... Oh, I thought you were going to tell me he gave you the bigger piece. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, some people might think such things are silly of us to talk about, but it's just, it's just fellowship. Yeah. And we, we uh, look forward to having you know, more back there around the table, around a meal. So, um, Well, Lord, we, we are grateful as we, as we come before you for the, your word that you've given unto us. And, Father, for, for being able to, um, Father, desire to dwell together in unity. And for that to be even, even something that, 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 that we want to do and, and to, to build up, to edify, to encourage, um, that, that those be things that we're, that we're looking out for um, that we're, we're looking out for one another when, when they're in need um, of such things and that we, we can um, be that for one another. Um, so, Father, we, we, uh, we ask that you'd help us to walk in these things that we've been looking at. Uh, as, we, as we leave this, this subject matter that we've been looking at for so long, that, that these things would stay uh, fresh with us, that, um, Father, if we're tempted to to speak ill of one another or we're tempted to sow you know, discord among one another if we're tempted to uh, just think you know, thoughts that we ought not to think about one another because of different thoughts that we have um, than each other. Father, we just, to, to be able to see one another as we said before is, is our desire that we would look at each other and say, there's my brother or sister and they're doing what they're doing as unto the Lord seeking to glorify you in all that they do. Uh, and that we would do the same as we talk to one another and, and uh, speak to one another about any of these things, um, or anything at all, really. Father, that this was to be a reality um, in our hearts and lives. We haven't gone through these things, looked at these things for nothing. We haven't gone through these things, looked at these things, so that we could easily let them slip, to go in one ear and out the other, but for them to, to be a part um, Father, of those things that we carry with us each and every day into each and every circumstance and conversation that we find ourselves in. So, Father, as we, um, as we gather together back here, uh, Father, to eat, that you would bless the, the time of fellowship together, that you would, um, Father, help us to, to truly, as we've already said, love, and as you've said unto us, love one another. 
Uh, we do thank you for the food. We thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for what it, it feeds the inner man. We thank you for being able to feed Father the outer man. Uh, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.